0: Hey guys, thanks for sticking through it with us. This is part two of "Mike Gets Caught." So that canceled out Washington) <laughs> <laughs>
1: So I ain't going there.
0: Um, and he was right. And so instead of I was, I was like, okay, he's right. I'm going to I, whatever I will figure it out if that means living in my car. I'm staying in Tennessee, which, mind you, for years I hated this place. <laughs> and i any excuse to get out would have been great, um, except for this one. This was not an excuse I wanted to get out. Not what I was looking for.
1: I will forever love your dad, my in-law, for telling you about transparency and mm-hmm. telling you about being honest.
0: Integrity. 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 Yeah. He said to me, he said... Um, on a scale from one to 10, how do you rank yourself with integrity? And I said, I don't know, like a seven, maybe a six. Right now, like a two. And he said to me, the only numbers for integrity is a one or a zero. Either you have it or you don't. You either are fully... Inte- inte- integral,
1: Full of integrity?
0: You're 100% full of integrity or you're zero. There is no 90. There is no 1%.
1: Come on now with that truth.
0: And I was like, can everyone just like clap it.
1: at my <laughs> father-in-law for how incredible he is? Let's go, Gary Buyer. <laughs> I see you.
0: Um, and that hit home. And so that really started that. I mean, that really started to work on me. Um, so me and Paige were in some communication here and there because... You know, we had to because she's 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 like, what are you doing to get your crap out of the house?
1: Also, while this is all happening, I would like to say I am in like I'm still in New York. I remember uh, the husband saying to me, what do you need? How can we take care of you? And I we had rented an Airbnb so that we weren't staying in their home with all of our family. And I said, I just really want to get into the Airbnb and take a bath. Baths for me are, um, calming. So I got into the Airbnb. Kids are there. They're asleep. I'm alone. I'm supposed to be at this Airbnb with my husband. I'm supposed to be enjoying this vacation with all of us. I mean, an awful COVID vacation, but a COVID <laughs> vacation. And instead, what I'm doing is alone. And I hate being alone. I understand there's value to it, but I hate it. And I'm in this bath and I'm just sobbing. I'm so, I'm sad. I'm deeply sad for what I thought I had is now gone. I'm mad because I had very intentionally set up my life to look different. And this happened to me. It wasn't something that I did to myself. Uh, The next couple of days and weeks were just a blur of absolute sadness. I discovered Tiger King, like we all did. (laughs) Uh, That was humorous. Uh, There was complete and utter emptiness.
0: So I was back here in Tennessee and my sister-in-law lives in a mother-in-law suite in our, in the downstairs. So her own separate apartment and she was watching our youngest Zola at the time. And I was not really in a mental place or an emotional place to take care of my child. Um, I'm very grateful for, for Beth. Um, she's the epitome of what a saint is, um, but i i needed to see i needed i needed to see my kids i wanted to see my kids and so i asked beth to bring zola up and me and beth didn't talk about what was going on um she just brought zola upstairs and and left
1: she knew, she knew. i had texted yeah she the, the immediately when i when all things happened, i told mike And I told him what my plan was, that we are telling all the people. Mm -hmm. And if I can give any advice, it's tell your people what's going on in real time. Not we just stepped out of a hard season. Don't, Mm -hmm. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't say, oh, we have a lot of things going on.
0: Transparency.
1: Die to yourself and to the pride of whatever.
0: Having it all together.
1: And tell people what's going on. Because the only way things get better is when light hits it. And you are, you're transparent and honest.
0: Hmm. So I'm, (laughs) I'm seeing my daughter for the first time in like five days, four days. And I just collapse. We're We're in our living room, me and her. And she's one, one fresh one, yeah. fresh one, yeah, like one in two months, fourteen months, if you want to be that way. Um, and I just collapse on the floor because just the sight of her makes me crumble, makes me realize what I'm losing, what I've lost, um seeing her face made me face it all, and mm-hmm. I remember collapsing onto the ground and weeping hysterically and my sweet little one one year old comes up to me and she lays on top of me she lays her entire body on top of me and she holds me and one thing you learn about our kids is that um they're all incredible two two of them are very outgoing and Zola is not
1: She's our stoic baby. She
0: is so stoic.
1: She's waking up now that we have wonder. But for a long time, she had, you know, that face where it's just like two lines for eyes and then a line for the mouth. That was her. That is Zola. <laughs>
0: that was her. It, like, if you got a smile or a laugh of her, it was short lived. And it was like because something incredible happened.
1: Unless your are Mama Beth in which she will laugh for you always.
0: Yes. But she. She comforted me. And it was, it was a beautiful, heartbreaking moment that will stick with me forever. Um, it it gave me something, and it was. I didn't. I, I couldn't lose that.
1: Mm. How in, how um, beautiful is it of the Lord to give you daughters? Who both times taught you something really, mm-hmm. really valuable in this.
0: Yeah. Wonder we'll never have to face this. Mm-hmm. Come on. <laughs> um,
1: so I came home.
0: Well, before that, yeah. I I not only contacted my parents, but I also contacted our pastor, who had been our pastor for all the four months. We started going in January, and this was like
1: mid-March, so yeah. yay! Yeah.
0: Um, we had had lunch before as families and stuff, and he's, he's a great man. Um my
1: gosh. Kent Shingleton is a phenomenal <laughs> human. If,
0: if you're in our area and you're looking for a solid, incredible church, um, Hope Fellowship Church is, is that church. Mm-hmm. It's going to speak that over that, but he, man, let me, <laughs> let me tell you, first off, walking into my church, <laughs> you know, like with all this going on. Um, he invited me in and he was just he's like so tell me what's going on and I just he was the second person I'd ever been 100% transparent with and he just flat out told me he's like this this does nothing to what I think about you and it makes me love you more and you are not alone in this
1: can I tell you that I was a little mad at that Kent's response I love Kent all like love him so much but I also in in my pride and arrogance and sin wanted someone to browbeat Mike for me (laughs) and just what the heck were you thinking yeah but again God and his kindness directed Kent to be what Mike needed
0: and then um a good friend of ours also, he came over, he's, he's been sober for a while. Uh, they, their, their relationship is kind of him and his wife's relationship are kind of like mine and Paige, but they're a little bit ahead of us in the sobriety thing. And, um, he was a great sounding wall. Uh, and I say these things to you, uh, one, cause they're part of this story. You know, I, I came clean to a lot of people. Um, but also because I've, I've been trying to do this alone for so long and it was unsuccessful. And it will always be unsuccessful if you try to do it alone. And the minute I brought people in with 100% integrity and 100% transparency is when things actually started to get, t- get traction. And it, it sucks that it took all of this to get to that point. <laughs> um, but it made a huge difference bringing these people in. And being 100% with them. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful for my parents being so patient and with their wisdom. I'm grateful for, for our pastor um, listening and loving. And I'm grateful for friends who were willing to just be present.
1: Mm-hmm. So I came home. And that was awkward, to say the least. Uh, you know, because who picks you up from the airport? Of course, our associate pastor, Monica, <laughs> not my husband, because I don't want to see his face. Mm. And she, again, was just an incredible human who loved us very, very well through this. And she was there the entire time.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember I walked into the church and Monica was there. and I, remember I knew that she knew, but I remember it was such a like a, um, hey, Monica, my whole life falling apart. How you doing? <laughs> like... It was uh, very awkward. Good. <laughs> Sorry. Mm,
1: <excellent. laughs> Part of my diabolical plan. Now, uh, Monica was incredible and she picked us up and she said, you know, I am here for you. I am with you. Tell me whatever you need. I will be there for you. We get all the stuff in. I think Mike comes up and sees the kids. I told him it was up to him to tell the kids that I wasn't doing it because I didn't. Do it, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, I was my plan was to make this as hard on Mike as I possibly could, because I did not do this. Now, whether or not that was right, I'm not sure. And Mike and I have talked about it. I'm not even sure if I was hard enough on Mike or that, you know, that's a debate for another day. But Mike sits me down or no, I said, do you want to talk about it? Because at this point, really, we had only, there had been maybe 15 minutes total Mm -hmm. of conversation between us. And it had been five days. So the longest we'd ever gone without talking. Yeah. So Mike sits me down. And he tells me his plan of action, what he's going to do. And then all I remember is he brings out this notebook from his office and on the top of it it says i'm gonna win her back and on the bottom of it it says all this other stuff of action steps and he hands it to me he's like this is what i'm gonna do and i was like what are you talking about he's like this is what i'm gonna do do you remember this
0: i I do because i was i i i i had no idea how to navigate this conversation i i I wanted... Also,
1: he wanted me to be very impressed by those big words on no, top, and no, I was I like, uh-uh. "What?"
0: No, I didn't want you to be impressed. I, I didn't. I didn't know how to verbalize what I was feeling so deeply, and I was desperate.
1: Also, I hate feeling feelings. Mm-hmm. I hate them. She hates with it with everything in my soul. So I was so emotionally depleted that, I, and also just uh, fa- this didn't phase me. Mike and I had done this before. I had told him we were done. So he says he's going to fight for me. And my response is like, whatever. I mean, truly, whatever.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. I, I think I could have hoped that we would get out of this. But I didn't see it happening realistically. I told Mike that he ruined my life.
0: Yep. Which, uh, oh, man, and the, and the whole robbing her, let me tell you, because in, in one thing, and we talk about this often, because, you know, like like Paige said, like, you know, she she didn't see, she wasn't riding the train the whole time. She just got to ride it a little bit here and there. She, she didn't see. And even the,
1: what I did ride, it was not a full picture. Exactly. It was like, it was like LaCroix. When you take a sip of it, it's a hint of a hint of a hint of a lime. Mm-hmm. Like, that is how much of an insight I had because Mike wasn't being transparent and honest. It was a hint of a hint of a hint of a problem.
0: Yeah. Um, I thought I was doing – I thought I was a good husband and a good father. And I may have done some good things, but I wasn't by, – by choosing not to be healthy, I, I wasn't allowing myself to – tap my full potential to be those things and for years like I, i i and this is one of the things we talk about often because it's it's hard it's hard for her to see what i see and understand what i understand unless you talk about it unless you're transparent and as we have a lot of stuff to make up for even even now and probably for the rest of our lives we'll be disclosing things to each other that we didn't realize um but
1: even in this podcast, I'm learning things I didn't know. Yeah. Just as we're putting pieces together of, like, oh, this is what I experienced. This is what you experienced.
0: Mm-hmm. And, like, I thought I was doing good. Like, I, I, I thought, like, I thought, a, like, a good dad and a good spouse is, is there. Because I didn't have that growing up. So the first and foremost thing you do is you be there. And I was always there. And I was applying myself and doing all these things, but also I was hurting and I was in pain and I had a lot of unresolved issues and a lot of uh, emotional torment and spiritual torment that I wasn't, I didn't know, I didn't know how to get better, Mm -hmm. but I also wasn't actively trying to find a way to get better. And I, and I think that's the biggest Like one of the biggest takeaways for me through all of this is that like, I didn't know how to get better Mm -hmm. and I'm still learning how to get better and that it's okay to not be okay. Like it's a hundred percent okay for you to be in an awful, terrible place, emotionally, spiritually, in every way, but what's not okay is that you go through that alone.
1: Right, and I have since said to Mike, I'm not mad that you were addicted. I mean, that. Uh, hear me, I am mad that he was addicted. But that's not the the thing that made me the most hurt and angry. What it made me the most hurt and angry is that I was lied to constantly. Mm-hmm. That he chose to constantly be in disconnection with me. That he chose to not have integrity. Uh, did I say that you gaslighted me? You gaslighted yeah, me. oh Listen. I am so gaslighted that I don't even remember what I was saying about gaslighting. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh it I don't expect Mike to be perfect ever, but what I do expect is for him to share with me and be honest and and be truthful. So Mike's coming to face with all of this. He's sitting realizing that everything's happened. Um right now we're at the end of March.
0: I'm sleeping in our unfinished Garage. Cinder blocks. Gross. Cinder block garage. You're like gross, like not like it, it's it's a good work garage. It's sure. a great work garage, but it's not a place to sleep.
1: Yeah, uh, it's like a mechanics haven. Yeah, yeah. But it's not. And and somewhere displayed. Let sleep. me tell
0: you that is uh it's so it's sobering. <laughs> One, because also we're trying to navigate like we have kids and they're young enough to where they're always here and they want to spend time with us, but we're not spending time together. So how do we do that? And I mean, every single facet of my life at that point hurt, as mm-hmm. it should have, because I I brought that upon myself and upon others. Um, facing the consequences was the greatest gift next to grace that Paige ever ever gave me, and she gave me a lot, a lot, a lot of grace. And for the longest time, I was grateful f- for not getting caught. And I remember laying in the basement <laughs> in the garage, freezing, hearing my wife walk upstairs, wishing that I had been caught sooner. Mm-hmm. And wishing that I had consequences sooner. Yeah.
1: So all of this has happened. I just want to set the stage for you. I am emotionally the worst I've ever been. I am going through a separation with the intent of divorce. Mm -hmm. Maybe a hope of change if he changes. We are... Three to five days after the blow up in New York.
0: See, I, in this, that I didn't know. Like, I, I 100% knew that we were getting a divorce.
1: Yeah, like, I had friends who asked me very soon after, like, what is the intent of your separation? I honestly wanted to slap them. <laughs> like, I don't know. My husband just told me that everything that he told me in the past 10 years together was a lie. So I honestly don't know. Um, If you look in Job, his friends, the most honoring thing that they did in the early chapters of Job is they sat with him in silence. And if I can encourage you sitting with your friends who are in deep pain and just silence, don't feel like you have to come up with the best words. Just sit with them. Hmm. Just sit. So we're coming home. Uh my associate pastor, Monica, said, is there anything that I can do for you? And I said, you know what? It would be really nice if I could have a couple of days. Do you know anyone who has an Airbnb that I can just be in a house by myself without kids and figure life out? <laughs> so she had a friend who owned one. Thank you so much, Ashley. And I went to Ashley's Airbnb. I went upstairs unpacked promptly fell asleep (laughs) the next morning I had brought all my stuff because my period was going to start soon and I woke up and my period didn't start and I started counting and I was like you know that's weird and I need to go grab some groceries anyway so I went to Kroger and I got some groceries and while I was there I got a pregnancy test
0: because why not
1: and guys it was positive Now, Mike and I have never gotten pregnant on surprise. Nope. Each baby has at least been six months to a year, year and a half to make. Lots of tears, lots of sadness, lots Lots. of me crying, asking the Lord to please get me pregnant. Lots
0: of fun also.
1: No, I hate trying to get pregnant. (laughs) Listen, the act is fun, yes, but the whole process is so sad to me. That being said, we are pregnant. We're pregnant. With number four, as I have just told my husband, he is no longer in my life. I can't touch on how a mixed bag of emotions that is. On one hand, God gave me a gift that I didn't have to cry for gave me a gift that I got to have as a surprise and love and then those nights where I was alone in bed where my husband should have been next to me I could hold my stomach and know that I wasn't alone and I was so thankful for that baby and at the same time so indescribably mad and hurt that we were in this situation and that I had a baby I now can see how good and gracious of a gift that was of God to give me wonder and we named her wonder um, there's a song And he goes, may we never lose our wonder, which is twofold for me. One, we have miscarried and there's a deep sorrow in my soul over those two babies we don't have. And may I never lose the wonder of the graciousness of God to restore our marriage. So we're pregnant. (laughs) June, uh, March through June is just a haze of part time parenting and full time grieving, hmm. laying down a life that I perfectly built for myself. I was very intentional. I only wanted to date one guy. I dated one guy and married him. I, you know, wanted the three point, you know, the three kids. I wanted girl boy girl. Like there, I had built my life to do ministry with my husband. I, I wanted to do ministry with my husband. I went to Bible college so that I would be, um, knowledgeable of God's word so that I could teach alongside of my husband. And now all of that seems to be crumbling. Like I have faithfully served the Lord and here I am going to be a mom with three kids alone. Uh, we went, I went to a counselor because I did not know how to be separated. I built my life in a different way, uh, so that I would never need to be separated in my mind. You know, I had done all the things that I was supposed to do. So now how do I take this and rearrange my life? I, I don't even know how to rearrange my life.
0: The counselor that Paige went to see was incredible to Paige. Um, It was very beneficial because she came back and she needed full transparency from me. She needed brutal honesty. Um, And not just then, but always. And so I kind of did like a full disclosure with you and you started telling her everything that's a
1: cr term isn't it full disclosure no. it has to be no oh
0: okay um should be
1: but,
0: <laughs> yeah so it started walking kind of just telling her everything and which is a very because now we're so she wants to communicate with me but it's one of those like i'm desperate to communicate with you because i miss you and because any kind of connection with you is better than no connection But also, I'm just telling you every single lie and deception, and
1: right, that was really painful. It was really painful.
0: This was like multiple long conversations, like
1: to reconnect, and all the reconnecting Mm. is painful because he's being truthful and honest for the first time. I have all these questions. But also, more than anything, guys, at this time, I just wanted to sit on the couch with my husband and have a normal day. Mm. I wanted a day without pain. I wanted a day that didn't hurt. A day where my kids had their dad and their mom at home. Also, first trimester. So, I'm sick as a dog. Which I also think was in God's providence because I didn't have the emotional capacity to care as much as I think I would have cared. Like, I needed to care but I could have stirred myself into an emotional frenzy of depression and sadness and mourning. And instead I had to take care of my body. I had to take care of the baby inside of me. I had to wake up every morning and take care of our kids.
0: And so, so Paige gave me, so just to be in my kids' lives and, and just it for the hope of any kind of relationship with her. And that didn't mean marriage. It just meant like, acting relationship you know like something um she needed me to be brutally honest and transparent and she had this list of stuff for me to do and you know part of that was get into a to a, uh, a CRNA or, or something or and covid hit so nothing was in person nothing was going on um i had to go to counseling constantly i had to have three people who were my accountability partners
1: who had been through addiction. Been I was very um, insistent on that because yeah. it's a different it's a different breed.
0: And to communicate with a ton of people to just work on being honest and transparent and to not be doing this this alone. And so I mean I'm really grateful that I mean I got the Lord put some great people in, in my life at that time. and
1: We are so thankful to Hope Fellowship Church. We love you yeah, guys. Yeah. My, our,
0: because our, our church they up surrounded us. Um,
1: and they were kind and, there's, and gracious. There's they didn't some make friends us that, feel I, bad. Yeah.
0: Not, I don't want to say their names because I don't know if they want to be included in it. But I'm grateful for those for those men who stepped up in my life um, and who are still stepping up and who are still there. And who have been there for us and, and who knew what was going on. And didn't um, chastise us or judge us.
1: No. I, I was surrounded by women in my small group that we knew for all of six weeks who came into my life and they checked on me every day. Mm. Yeah. Every day. Hey, how are you feeling today? What's going on? How can I love you? How can I serve you? Now that is the church being the church.
0: So we're We're separated. We're pregnant. What did
1: you think when I said that we were pregnant?
0: Oh, man. My gut reaction was joy.
1: I think I told you over FaceTime, too, didn't I? Because I was at the... You
0: called me. Oh. You called me while you were away at the Airbnb. I was excited because I I love being a dad and I love children. Um,
1: Mike is the greatest father I've ever witnessed, bar none.
0: But I felt awful. I, I remember hearing in the back of my head, you're just like your dad.
1: Again, lies from Satan.
0: Because my dad ruined my, ruined my childhood by not being there. Because then that was his choice. That was his choice to not be there. And I made the choice to not be in my kids' lives the way that I wanted to be, in the way that they deserved me to be, because I chose to be, to hide. And so I was excited, but also it was devastating. And that didn't last long, because I was intent on getting better. And I remember casting that out, yeah. and I remember telling Aaron, my counselor, about it. And
1: what did Aaron say when you told him we were pregnant?
0: I remember his face being like, "Oh."
1: Because they struggled to get pregnant, and they're. I he guess. told us.
0: Oh yeah, yes. Okay. well, uh, he. Uh,
1: I would like to also say that we got pregnant the day before I left for New York. If you guys are wondering timelines, me too. It was the day before we left for mm-hmm. New York. The day before guys the day before
0: just want to send you off right (laughs) um Mm -hmm. he he asked me i i remember him just kind of saying having hope about it like it was something good in the midst of all the bad Mm. which is true
1: yeah
0: um i had a friend ask me if i was going to leverage the baby to try to get you back
1: I need names.
0: You're not gonna get names.
1: <laughs> it's not gonna happen.
0: Carl. Um <laughs> I don't know, Carl. <laughs>
1: Carl Winslow.
0: <laughs> there's no there's no Carl. Um So June and July,
1: maybe late June, early July, whether or not it was smart, <laughs> we went on a
0: couple small oh group. Oh gosh, I still I still can't like I I still can't believe that we did this in the midst of I love
1: fun, friends. I love fun. I love fun. And all the couples in our small group were going on a trip to Florida together. And they asked if I wanted to go. The answer is absolutely yes. They knew what was happening. They were like, Mm
0: -hmm. do you want
1: Mike to go? And I was like, ooh. But then I decided, yeah, I do. I said, just get us a room with two beds.
0: (laughs) Yep. And there was two beds in that room. (laughs) There was.
1: So... We went to Florida, um, and that was the beginning of us reconciling
0: mm-hmm.
1: through trust. Um, my counselor, I said to her, how do I even begin to trust? How do I know? How do I know when he's lying? How do I not know? What? How do I even navigate this? And, and she was like, you don't. <laughs> That's not what I want to hear, Karen.
0: Plus, I'm, She's not a Karen. Plus, She's delightful. I'm pretty sure you... What also helped is that you saw me on the beach with my shirt off, getting a tan.
1: One thousand percent. And you were like, oh,
0: I missed that. I need it. You gave me some, <laughs> give me some of that man meat. Oh, OK.
1: Oh, OK. <laughs> so that was the beginning of us reconciling. And what it was that really earned me back was I could trust Mike again. I gave him an inch and he was honest And he told me the truth to the best of his ability, the whole truth.
0: And I still do have to do that. Like, I still remember stuff. And I'm like, hey, 2018.
1: You remember this? (laughs) That's not what happened. Like, oh, my gosh. But also, I need to know that. And I think Mike and I had a conversation about it. And he was like, what do you need from me to make this, you know, to get on the right path? And I was like, I need you to tell me the truth. When you could get away with not. I need you to tell me the truth mm-hmm. when it's hard. I need you to tell me when you are tempted to lie to me, but decided to tell me the truth. I need to tell you to tell me when you lied to me and what is the truth about it. Um, so yeah, there there's several times that he's come home from his step study in CR and he's like, hey, or counseling, mm-hmm. and he says, I need to talk to you about this. And it's I think I said this earlier, but it's my job to allow him to say that without shame and to be transparent and honest. Now, that is so hard. And I'm not great at it. And during this time, I told Mike, I got, <laughs> I got really good at really jabby insults. Now, that's typically not something I do, I think. Nope. Uh, but I was like, yeah, you ruined my life. Like if he got snippy at me, I would be like, Yeah, well, I'm not the one who's a drug addict here. Yep. And I would have to apologize about that because that's me not connecting. Um and I and I would have this these conversations of I am sorry. Like it is it's really hard for me to hold my tongue and be kind to you with all of this.
0: Yeah. Um And I don't want to say balancing the scales, but it, it, it was a very long process of like, like, I need to be okay that like, you're, you're not okay at me right now. Like you're like, cause what's happening is out of hurt, you know, like Aaron and my counselor, Aaron, my counselor talked to me about any of her reactions and anything that comes out of her mouth for the next couple of years is going to be based on the fact that you put her in this situation and that um, it's a response out of, out of her being back into a corner. Like you didn't give her any more options. She's out of options. So she's taking the last option that she has, which is self-preservation. And that's why she kicked me out. That's why she gets snippy. And that's why she, she uses those hard words and harsh words because that's all she has left. And it's not something that she's choosing. It's something that I chose for her. And so she's literally playing the hand back to me that I dealt her. And that really made me, because it, I mean, it, it stings when she's like, well, if somebody wasn't a drug addict, <laughs> you know, like. I
1: don't think I even said it that nice. No,
0: not at all. But it was like. I was like, not nice. But it was like, you I, I can not yeah I'm hurt by that but also yeah you're right I, I am a drug addict like that is correct so it was it's definitely been a process um you have been incredible throughout all of this
1: You have learned to become incredible I have. through all of this
0: <laughs> that That's is, honest I know it is this it's, just, yeah, it is, it's I
1: I fully believe in complimenting people but I'm going to tell the truth while I do it <laughs>
0: I love it. That's one thing Paige is great at, always telling the truth, especially when it hurts. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so a couple months later after working at it and Paige decided that divorce was not yet the option and she let me back in the house and let me back in the bedroom and
1: First, he got to go stay in the guest bedroom. The
0: guest bedroom, um, uh,
1: mainly because our basement is so disgusting, and he kept getting sick.
0: Yeah, kept getting chest he was infections.
1: Down there. <laughs> um, and guys, I love my husband, but there's nothing worse than man sick. There's nothing worse, and I was like, I cannot deal with that on top of everything else.
0: Secondary to pregnancy.
1: Oh yeah, I'm an awful, I'm an awful pregnant yeah, person. Able. I'm an awful pregnant person. So slowly. Over time, he was then allowed back into our bedroom, uh, you know, one night at a time. And then mm-hmm. he was like, so am I indefinitely in here? Do I no, need to was, ask every a, night?
0: It was a day by day.
1: And if we had a bad day, I think there's
0: a couple there was, of times
1: that I was like, you are not coming in this room.
0: Yep. 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 And I, I, she owed me nothing. Mm. She owed me nothing and I owed her everything. And I ruined everything and she ruined nothing. So the all the power is in her hands, which it, yes.
1: I would have lunch with Monica and she was like, Paige, so how's it going? Like, how are you guys? And I would be astonished <laughs> truly. And I'd be like, he's doing everything right. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, I kept, you know, I would tell her about our struggles as we're doing and our fumbles as we've tried to figure mm-hmm. it out. And, 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 I mean, my gosh, it's a process because what I need an addiction can't be the same thing that another wife would need. Oh, yeah. uh, and you just, you figure it out through, you know, falling down. And I told, you know, kept coming to lunch with Monica and be like, he's doing it right. Like he's saying the right things and it's backed up by actions of the right things. He's, Um, serving our family, I am miserably awful and pregnant and I've lost my job and he serves me every day. He's cleaning up the house and loving me. He's coming home and telling me the truth. Um, And and a lot of that comes with the spirit's wisdom of of, uh, discernment and praying that God would allow the lies to come to truth and, or come to light um, and that you would know the truth.
0: And so, I mean, I, I have learned so much in this past year. Um, and I think we'll probably, do, I'll probably do another episode on, on like recovery itself and what that looks like and how it functionally plays out in your day to day. But I remember like, I mean, like marriage is so real and that it's so, it can be, it can be, yeah it requires it, that relationship between you and your wife requires everything not just when you fall but like I almost fell and that was so hard for me that was something Paige needed from me she's like I need you to tell me not when you fall but that you felt like stumbling today like you felt like getting high you for five minutes for 10 hours whatever you thought about it. It came upon you. It was a glimpse in your mind.
1: Because I needed to see him succeed. Mm-hmm. And I needed him to tell me in depth what that struggle looked like. And that's a, I keep saying um, connection. <laughs> Thanks, counseling. Aaron has taught us a lot about being in connection with one another. And um, I needed him to allow me to connect to him by hearing his failures. Or hearing his successes or his struggles.
0: It's funny that the whole connection thing, because that is something that it's amazing that we stayed married as long as we did, because I don't I don't know if we were <laughs> consecutively connected <laughs> for any real amount we of time. We had a
1: heck of a good time. We had a heck of a good time. And that's what I keep telling. Like it's it's so hard because we had so much fun, but we are now realizing how much how rich our marriage could have been. And we thought it it was a rich marriage, Mm -hmm. but we were just like besties for the resties palling around.
0: It is work. It is work, but it's work worth doing. And yeah, like we, and even now, like there's now like where we recognize like, oh, we're, we're disconnected in this moment. And it's like, we have to swallow your pride because it's like early, I think earlier we got into a small argument and it's like you, we can instantly see the disconnection. Mm. And but like, we're still so you're still so frustrated or pissed off at the person across me. You're just like, I'm sorry that I said that. (laughs) (laughs) I I mean it, but I'm still frustrated. Um,
1: So all that to say in about November. So all this happened in March. In November, I really started seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. Like I could see that things were going to be better. I hmm. could see that. This wasn't going to be forever. Um, That our marriage was okay. That I could fully trust Mike. mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's kind of like when you're charging your phone's battery. We were in the red for so long. And now it's gradually getting those green bars. And Mm -hmm. I, I felt like I was finally almost to fully green.
0: And rebuilding the trust was the hardest part. Because I remember we'd have these conversations where like she'd she would ask, you know, like she would say, like, how am I supposed to trust you? And it wouldn't even be about like drugs or anything like that. It, it would just be like about anything. And she would reference back to the fact, like, the reality is that she cannot trust me. She can't trust me with a dollar. She can't trust me with a million dollars. She can't trust me with with pills, without pills, with work, without work, where I'm at, whatever, because I ruined that trust. And she would say to me, like, how am I supposed to trust you? Or she's like, Hey, this is a perfect example of it's hard to trust you. I don't know if I can believe what you're saying because of the broken trust. And the, the one thing I had to keep going back to was there's no way to build trust without just Without putting in the time because and it's moment by moment, it's being honest every single moment and it's like trust is trust is regained over time and that's that's the only asset that I had was mm. was time was hopefully tomorrow there's another opportunity for me to be honest and I'll be honest with you and you'll see that honesty. And and I had to speak, start speaking up to myself, like, hey, this is me being honest with you about this and telling her something. So that way I could show her, you've seen me dishonest. Now this is me honest. So I could start building that back up.
1: Mm. Then we had our baby. <laughs> December 4th, we had our baby. And uh, to Mike's credit, for all of November, I was insane because I thought I was having the baby every day. Uh I did not. I had the baby in November in December and I thought for sure it'd be a November baby. That doesn't matter.
0: Yeah, so um to kind of like recap this past year. I mean, um on the on March 25th I will be 1 year sober.
1: And that is when we are launching this podcast.
0: Hopefully Um, it has been one year of me taking no drugs, uh, staying sober and actively moment by moment, day by day, working towards transparency and honesty with my wife and with other people. Um, it's been incredibly hard, but also I realized how much time I wasted prior, um, prior to doing this. As a kid, and as a young adult, and as a as a young man, I wasted so much time not practicing transparency and honesty, and sobriety, and it's it. There's no other way to live. Um,
1: Why do you say that? What do you know now that you didn't know then? A ton. Like I, about I, I, that,
0: I know it feels different. Mm. I, I know the feeling of a burden and I know the, feel, the weight of holding something and now I know the feeling of that burden being lifted and I know the feeling of not holding that weight anymore. And CR and the power of Christ and the grace of my of my wife has helped me experience those things. And we waste, I wasted so much time being in hiding, just be open. That's, that's probably what I, what I, what I know now that I didn't know then is it, it is worth the, the, it's worth the risk of being hurt to be open and transparent with some, with, with people with people you trust?
1: Mm. I would say what I have learned about this is, mm, so the big blow up, pre big blow up happened in November. At some point around that time, I felt like the Lord was telling me to start laying hands on my husband and praying for him every night. Um, And so I did. I laid hands and I prayed over him every night. um, Asking that the Lord's spirit inside me say the words because I didn't know and ladies if you feel like something's not adding up or even guys if you feel like something's not adding up if you feel like a piece is missing to pray over your spouse lay hands on them it is weird you're even if you're mad at them put your hands on them and pray over them and ask for the lord to bring it to light and um I am now at a point where I'm thankful that this last year hell happened. It was hell. I, I would now go through it again, knowing what I get on the other side. It is the worst fire I have ever been put through. There are chunks of me. I feel like, um, like, Laura Croft, Tomb Raider, like, she's, like, always scuffed up at the end, you know? Like, I have come out of a massive battle, but I'm standing. We're standing. Hmm. When we didn't when know that if there would be a we.
0: Hmm.
1: Um, and I, I want to honor our friends in New York who were so unbelievably kind to us. I don't know people who could have walked through that and had as much grace and Mm. love. Um, Mike betrayed my friend and hurt our friendships. And they chose when that happened to extend such kindness and love. And they're still our best friends. Mm. And we still talk. Almost daily. And I don't know a picture of God's kindness or grace that is as vivid as that. So thanks, you guys. (laughs) You know you are. (laughs) We love you. So uh, this is Laugh So You Don't Cry.
0: Thanks for joining us, guys. Love you, babe. Love you, honey. Thank you.